0: Hi, welcome to lesson number three in this series called Current Culture. And this week's topic, we're gonna to talk about the social media tool. I wanna to begin by addressing this issue that we have old words that have new meaning. We, we have old words that have new meaning, especially in light of this use of social media. Words like tweet or post, like, status, the wall, all right, we have these words that have changed to mean different, different things now. Uh, think about some maybe some other things that have changed now due to social media. I think about pictures. Pictures, we, nobody prints off pictures anymore. Uh, you just upload them and you view them on your devices and you share them with people. Nobody prints off pictures anymore. Or uh, what about staying in contact with people that you know? Uh, Especially people that you would have never stayed in contact with years ago. Uh, Maybe friends from high school. Now that you've grown to college, you've gotten married, you've grown older. You wouldn't have stayed in contact with those people. Uh, But now you can simply by going on the internet, uh, going on social media and clicking a few buttons and you can see them. You can contact them, you can send them a message, you can see what their life looks like. It is, it's totally different than it used to be. Um, But what we're gonna talk about is social media is a tool. Social media is a tool. Now, being that it is a tool, that means that by itself, uh, there's nothing inherently good with it or inherently evil with it, but it's a tool to be used. And as believers, we need to be very careful with how we use tools and how we use things you know this tool can be used beneficially we can use it to encourage people and to uh, connect with people but we can also use it in a very destructive way and a way that could even be sinful so let's talk a little bit more about uh, social media being used as a tool I wanna show you a quick diagram and, and talk through what I mean here. So here's a picture of four tools that I could think of. I put a hammer in there, a car, a frying pan, and a gun. Okay, each of these are a tool, and like I said, neither by itself is either good or bad. So with a hammer, a hammer can be good and beneficial, You can use it to complete a project or build a house, but you could also use it in a negative way. You could use it for destruction in a way that uh, is not appropriate. Or look at the car. A car can be very beneficial. It helps us to get to work. It provides transportation for us to go pick up groceries and makes our lives a lot easier. But again, it can also be used in. very negative and, and evil ways. If somebody gets behind the wheel irresponsibly, and uh, let's say under the influence of drugs or alcohol, they can cause a lot of damage and pain to other people. How about the frying pan? Frying pan can be a beneficial tool. If you're like me, I like to fry some eggs in the morning. Uh, you can make a nice delici- delicious breakfast for yourself but it could also be used negatively as well. Let's say a husband likes to critique his wife's cooking. That could get him in trouble and uh, she could hit him with a frying pan. That would be a a negative way to use that tool. Or what about the gun? All right, this is a debated topic, but a a gun is a tool. It can be used for good. You could go hunting with it to provide food for your family. Um, You could... uh, go shoot skeet for recreation, you could use it for self-defense in your home. But then we also know um, from our society that it can be used in very negative ways as well. It can be used to to really hurt people and cause destruction. So why can't we say that a tool is either good or bad? Why why can't we say that? Well, tools do not have a will, okay? tools do not have a will they're not making decisions on their own it's a person's heart uh, that causes things to happen whether good or bad so it's the misuse of the tools by a person that results in it being used for benefit or for harm therefore we can't blame tools for what happens so when there's a mass shooting we don't blame the gun we blame the person behind the gun If a drunk driver uh, hits somebody and injures them, we don't blame the car, we blame the person. The tool is not to blame. The tool is just a symptom of a problem with a person, a problem with their heart. Uh, It's coming from our heart, the actions and the way that we use tools. It comes from our heart to our hands and then that's the way the tools are being used. And social media is a tool. It's a tool that can be used. And just because it's something that's not inherently good or evil, we can't assume that there's not a negative or destructive way that we can use it. No, in everything that we do, we need to make sure that our actions and what we're doing and what we're saying is always pleasing to God. And that's what the goal is, and that's what we're going to take a look at in this lesson. The social media tool. It's a tool to be used. It can be used for good or it could be used for, for bad or evil. But, but the, the, the background, the foundation is it's coming from the person's heart. The social media tool uh, doesn't do anything on its own. It doesn't have a will, like I stated. But it's coming from the person that's, that's typing on the keyboard and, and operating uh, the platforms. So as we look at what the Bible has to say about our proper use of this tool called social media, we're going to read through the book of Philippians. We're going to see how Paul communicated with his fellow workers and the believers at the church in Philippi. And even though this, is, uh, this was written a long time ago, and it was written on paper, and it was distributed um, by people, Uh, And it wasn't as quick and in the style of social media today. It is still relevant. It has lasted through the ages. And the truths found in this book and in these letters written by the Apostle Paul are still relevant to us today. And they're really going to help us to understand how we should be using this tool of social media. So firstly, let's look at social media as a positive tool. Let's see how we can use it positively. Now, uh, years ago, when we lose contact with someone, uh, it can be hard and difficult to track them down and reestablish that connection. You might have to search through a phone book. Remember the the big yellow phone books? You could look up somebody's name in there if you uh, didn't know where they were or what their telephone number was. Um, You could have asked around talk to people that might have known them and and, and former classmates, things like that, to find out where they are. But it was easy to lose track of people and more difficult to stay in contact with them. But now with social media, it's so easy to stay in contact with people. No matter where they are, you can access social media, locate them, see what they're up to, check their status, uh, see how their lives are going. We can easily uh, stay connected with people, and maintain relationships with people all across this country and our world. So, since we are maintaining these relationships with people, the first thing we can do is pray for them. We can pray for them. We're going to be reading through Philippians, and let's begin in chapter 1. We're going to read verse three, verses 3 through 12. It says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all because of your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. For it is only right for me to think this way about you all because I have you in my heart. Since both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are fellow partakers with me in this grace. For God is my witness, how I long for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in full knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and without fault until the day of Christ having been filled with the fruit of righteousness which comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God now I want you to know brothers that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel and let's look down a little further to verse 27 Only live your lives in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I will hear about your circumstances, that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, contending together for the faith of the gospel. So we can see from this first section that we're reading through that Paul's knowledge of them was limited we we can tell this by what we were reading right paul had to remember what they were like he had to remember about them he also had to inform them about his furtherance of the gospel and how his imprisonment was helping to further the gospel he had to tell them they weren't aware of that and he was also longing to come back and visit the church in philippi uh, so that he could learn more about their spiritual growth he didn't have the advantage of social media at his fingertips it wasn't a tool that he had accessible to him so he wasn't up to date on what was happening in the church there so he had to remember what the people were like he had to remind them about new things and he was longing to come and visit them in person we can see paul's lack of knowledge about the believers there in philippi and how this affected him. In his prayer life, he was consistently praying for them, but with a sense of uncertainty, because he didn't know specifics of what was happening in their lives. But he knew what the end goal or end purpose was, so he was praying uh, to that end. Uh, But he longed to be with them, to visit them in person, and to learn more on what he specifically could pray for. Now, since we have social media available uh, for us to use, and we're much more informed about people in our lives and people that we know, uh, that should be an encouragement to us to pray specifically for people's needs. Paul didn't have that knowledge, but we do. So when you know what people are going through and you know circumstances and hardships that, that, that they're going through, pray specifically for them. Let God know, lift those requests up to him. That is an advantage that we have with this tool right now, that we are very well informed on what's happening in people's lives. Even missionaries across the world, we know maybe what's hindering them at this moment, and we can specifically pray for them. And we should use this in a positive way. A second way that we can use social media positively is by challenging people. Since we're able to build these connections and influence people that we would never have talked to in person previously, now that we can through social media, we need to challenge people. Paul challenged the Philippians. Let's take a look at uh, verse 27 again. Here's Paul's challenge to the church. Only live your lives in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I will hear about your circumstances, that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, contending together for the faith of the gospel." What was the challenge that Paul was giving them? He was challenging them to have conduct worthy of the gospel and to be unified in their spirit. Social media gives us a a great way to stay connected with people and to influence them. We can influence them. We can nudge them towards the wisdom of the Bible. We can point them towards Christ and the gospel. We can challenge them. We can share with them. As we seek to build relationships with people and to encourage people, uh, we can do this in a positive way. Okay, we can challenge them. We don't want to be a critic. And uh, that's just gonna backfire on us, all right? That's negative, not positive, all right? But we can point people towards Christ, towards the scripture, towards the truth. That is a great way that we can use this tool of social media. A third way that we can use social media positively is by encouraging people. Now, I just mentioned encouraging a little bit in the last section, uh, along with challenging people. But the third point is to encourage people we can encourage them and um, do that through social media listen when when God meets our needs when he takes care of us we can share that with others when he helps us during a very difficult time a very dark time we can point to him and encourage others like hey Jesus was the one that got me through so we can use social media to encourage other people Let's go ahead and look at Philippians 1:12 through 18. Philippians 1:12 through 18. It says this, "Only live your lives in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I will hear about your circumstances that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind contending together for the faith of the gospel." So that my chains in christ have become well known throughout the whole praetorian guard and to everyone else and that most of the brothers having become confident in the lord because of my chains have far more courage to speak the word of god without fear some to be sure are preaching christ even from envy and strife but some also from goodwill The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, rather than from pure motives, thinking to cause me affliction in my chains. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in this I rejoice, yes, and I will rejoice." Can you see how Paul's testimony of God's grace was impacting the believers there at the church in Philippi? They were being emboldened to preach the gospel. They were in being emboldened to preach Christ. And they, they saw God's grace in the life of Paul. They saw how God was sustaining him uh, even while he was in prison and how he was using him for the furtherance of the gospel. And they could see how Paul even had joy in the midst of trials. Personal testimonies can be very powerful if we keep our focus on God and His grace and not how great we are. If we focus on God's grace, it is very encouraging to share that with other people. And we can spread this message everywhere now due to social media. We can get this word out there and 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 tell everybody that we know about God's grace, especially in our lives and the way that it's impacting us and changing us and sustaining us. So there was three different ways that we can use social media in a positive way that maybe we couldn't do so in previous years. We can pray for people. We can challenge people and we can encourage people. But now let's take a look at social media as a negative tool so even though we can use social media in a positive way we have to be aware of the negative uses that can come along with it as well we don't want to be ignorant Um, there are hazards that can affect us can affect our uh, spiritual walk it can affect our usefulness to god and Paul wrote about some of these things, even in his letters to the Philippians. Um, and we're, as we read through the book, as we continue to read on, we'll see that there's some, some common things that he addresses that are still relevant to us today. The first misuse of social media that we're going to look at is bragging. As sinners, we like to talk about ourselves and let everyone else know how great we think we are. And this is called bragging. And social media makes it very easy for us to draw attention to ourselves. Um, it's not that posting a video of your vacation is bad because grandma likes to see that video. Or it's not necessarily bad to post like 50 pictures of the inside of your new house. But it's our heart attitudes that we need to check as we use social media. It's our heart, is it? Like, we gotta ask the question Is our heart's desire for people to feel jealous of us and to think that they could never be as good as us or have as much as we have? Like, what is the reason that we're posting all of this stuff on our social media page? You know, when Paul is sharing God's grace about his imprisonment, um, he was talking about what was important to him and he revealed what he wanted to be known for. Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 1, 19 through 26, For I know that this will turn out for my salvation through your prayers and the provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope, that I will not be put to shame in anything, but that with all boldness Christ will even now, as always, be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death, for me to live as Christ, and to die is gain. But if I am to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for me. And I do not know what I will choose, but I am hard pressed between the two, having the desire to depart and be with Christ, for that is very much better. Yet to remain on in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. And convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that your reason for boasting may abound in Christ Jesus and me through my coming to see you again." So Paul's clear testimony, what he wanted his life to communicate was this, he wanted his life to magnify Christ. To him, living was Christ. Can you imagine if Paul had been posting from Facebook while he was in the Roman prison, how many people do you think would have been jealous of Paul? Not very many, right? It would have been out of place, out of the ordinary. But guess what? Paul would not have cared because for him to live was Christ. He was, he was happy to share in the sufferings of Christ. He was promoting Christ. That's all that he was concerned about. And then in the beginning of chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, he's encouraging the Philippian believers to follow Christ's example and to um, think more highly of other people than themselves, not to be self-centered, not to uh, lift yourself up, but to think of others as more important. He's going to speak of Christ's example here. Let's pick up in verse six. He's talking about Jesus Christ and says, who, although existing in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, But emptied himself, by taking the form of a slave, by being made in the likeness of men, being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him, and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, So that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow, of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. The humility of Jesus should motivate us when we use social media. We should be very careful not to make it about us, but in everything to magnify Christ and point to him. It's not about us. It's about Him. A second problem, a second misuse of social media can be wasting time. And Paul went on in his letter to the believers in Philippi and addressed this issue of wasting time. Social media can become such a part of someone's life that it becomes their life. Even during their work day, they're constantly answering posts and responses and likes and and. And delivering clever comments back let's take a look at Philippians chapter 2 verses 12 and 13 so then my beloved just as you have always obeyed not as in my presence only but now much more in my absence work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who is at work in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure God's goal for us is to grow spiritually. What it's talking about here in this verse, to work out your salvation, means your sanctification it's talking about, your process of becoming more and more like Christ. And God is obviously not pleased if he's competing with your um, time with social media where you could be growing spiritually. God shouldn't have to compete with that. If, if you're spending too much time on social media that you don't have time to grow spiritually, if you don't have time to read your Bible, I meet a lot of people that seem not to have enough time to read their Bibles, or they just don't read it. Well, if you limited some of your social media time, or maybe just cut it out completely, how much more time would you have to study the Word, to read the Word, to meditate on it, to get an understanding of who God is, to know him better, to grow in your faith. And social media shouldn't be competing with that. God wants you to mature in your faith. Now, social media isn't terrible, but you shouldn't be um, addicted to it. It shouldn't take up all of your time. Make sure you're not wasting time on social media when you could be doing other things to help you grow spiritually a third misuse of social media is ranting man social media emboldens people have you heard the term keyboard warrior it will embolden people to rant and rave like they never would to someone's face they would never say these things in person to someone But things like politics, raising children, uh, controversial crimes, fashion trends, vaccines, immigration. uh, They all of a sudden want to rant and rave about these things and give their point of view. And some rants uh, are just there to create shock and attention. But others are actually passionate about their views and use social media to demean those who don't agree with them? Now Paul continues in his letter, and he instructs us to do all things without grumbling or disputing. Now I'm not saying that there should never be a time where you want to state your point of view or you want to debate something, but we want to make sure that our heart is in the right place, that we're coming from a, uh, we're, we're coming from love, and that we're concerned about what our testimony looks like towards others. Paul wrote in Philippians chapter two, fourteen through 16, Do all things without grumbling or disputing, so that you will be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I will have reason to boast, because I did not run in vain, nor labor in vain." Why is he telling the Philippians not to grumble and dispute? Because we're instructed to shine as lights in this world. And when we grumble and we dispute and we complain with people, it hinders our light. It hides our light and we're to be testimonies of God's redeeming love. Calling someone a moron on social media because of their view or for whatever reason, uh, It just got rid of your opportunity to witness to that person. Or even anybody that reads your comment and sees your post, there goes your opportunity to witness to that person. Let's look at uh, verses 17 and 18. It says, But even if I am being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I rejoice and share my joy with you all. And you also rejoice in the same way and share your joy with me." So what was the length that Paul was willing to go to for his testimony and for the gospel? He was willing to die. He was willing to be poured out as a sacrifice to God. The similar thing happened to Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus traveled to meet Paul and he was sick. And he was so sick that when he arrived, he almost died. Now, if we look at the example of both Paul and Epaphroditus, these two guys were going to extreme lengths to do the work of ministry, to do God's will. So the next time that you are offended because of somebody's opinion or their politics or the way they're raising their kids, you need to take a deep breath and take a moment to stop and think about, is, is this worth it? Or is this a a petty and unimportant thing in the large scheme of things, right? Because we should be more focused on Christ and his will and reaching people with the gospel than disagreeing with other people's point of views or whatever we have a problem with. Um, Follow after Paul and Epaphroditus who are so focused on, on doing the work of the ministry that they weren't going to jeopardize their testimony over something trivial. And with social media today, it's so easy for us to do that, but stop and take a pause. Don't become triggered and don't just respond um, out of instincts or or out of your emotions. Think about the bigger picture. Another misuse of social media is relating shallowly. Okay, so one of the problems when we have so many opportunities to connect with people and build relationships to people we've known through our past is that those relationships uh, can be shallow and lacking any meaningful connection. We can spend our time socially with so many people that we don't build a meaningful relationship with anybody. Paul had lots of relationships, but he made sure that he was building into the lives of individuals. Paul built into the life of Timothy, perhaps more than any other person, and he deeply impacted Timothy for Christ. Let's read Philippians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. Paul writes, But I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, so that I also may be in good spirits when I learn of your circumstances. For I have no one else of kindred spirit who will genuinely be concerned about your circumstances." For they all seek after their own interests, not those of Christ Jesus. But you know of his proven worth, that he served with me in the furtherance of the gospel, like a child serving his father. Paul and Timothy had a father and son relationship. Paul considered himself responsible for Timothy, and he invested in him. He spent a lot of time to grow Timothy in the faith. It's important that we invest in other people and that we work to grow our relationships with people. It's okay and it's fine to have hundreds, maybe even thousands of friends, but there should be a few people that we're really investing in, that we're, we're building deep relationships with, that we have face-to-face accountability with, that we can be honest with uh, person-to-person. You need to develop some genuine friendships. They shouldn't all be shallow. They shouldn't all be just online. Um, Some people are even using social media as an excuse to not even attend church anymore. Hey, I can just uh, watch a service online, on, on, on Facebook Live, or however they're streaming it, right? And they're neglecting to interact with believers and to be encouraged by them. Uh, that social media cannot replace that. You need to have meaningful relationships in your life. You need to be investing in others. You should have people investing in you. Uh, There should be discipleship that's going on and there should be a growth of your spiritual maturity. So uh, a misuse of social media is just having shallow relationships with the people that you know. Another misuse of social media is pretending. Some people are really careful about this. They, they closely guard their reputations on social media, not because they're concerned about their Lord Jesus Christ, but because they want to put forth this persona of perfection, that they don't have any problems. They want, to see, uh, they want others to see them as if they are perfect. Every picture is full of smiles and, and happiness, Uh, They hide the fact that their lives may actually be in shambles with relationships falling apart, finances in a mess, and hearts far from God. That's a big deception with social media. You never see pictures of people sad or having arguments between couples. You just see the, the better side of things. And sometimes people just pretend that everything is okay when it's really not. Paul called on the Philippians to be brutally honest with their lives, and he again led by example, giving the church an honest assessment of his life. Let's look at Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 16. Paul says, Not that I have already obtained it, or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brothers, I do not consider myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as are perfect, think this way, And if in anything you think differently, God will reveal that also to you. However, let us keep walking in step with the same standard to which we have attained. So Paul is simply telling us here that he hadn't arrived yet. His life wasn't perfect. It was still a work in progress. And even though his life wasn't perfect, the one thing he's claiming is that he's pursuing his one goal in life, which is to be more and more like Christ. So that's the attitude that we should have as well. Now, this doesn't mean that we need to air out uh, negative things and we need to broadcast problems and difficulties in our lives, but we shouldn't act like our lives are perfect either. Um, Again, we need to come back to just examining our motives and our heart. Why is it that we're doing what we're doing on social media? Don't pretend to be something that you're not. Uh, you don't have to create this perception that your life is perfect and you have no problems. Um, it, it's just, it's not necessary and it's a misuse of social media. Another misuse of social media is coveting. All right, when people post about their exotic vacations they go on, or their perfect kids, or their large houses, Um, we can become prone to covet. It's easy to want what someone else has, and social media gives people a platform that is just a perpetual show and tell. Let's read Philippians chapter 3 verse 17 through chapter 4 verse 1 so that we can see why a believer should never be discontent, especially when comparing to an unbeliever. So starting in verse 17, we read, Brothers, join in following my example, and look for those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. For many walk, of whom I often told you and now tell you even crying, as enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their stomach, and glory is in their shame, who set their thoughts on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of His glory, by His working through, which He is able to even subject all things to Himself. Therefore, my brothers, loved and longed for, my joy and crown, in this way stand firm in the Lord, my beloved." The reason we should never covet what an unbeliever has is because we are citizens of heaven and our inheritance is far greater than anything we could have in this world. It's far greater than anything we're going to miss out in this world. Paul said it correctly. He knew how to be content with little. He knew how to be content with much and he knew that he could rely on god to get him through any circumstances and that should be more of our focus not concerned about what other people have listen we can rejoice with other people when they're happy and maybe they get something new but we shouldn't have to desire or want what they have and we should be more concerned about uh, making sure they have what we have. We have an eternal destiny. We have a salvation. We have forgiveness of our sins. And we should be more occupied um, and concerned about people having what we have than concerned about some earthly thing that we're going to miss out on when we are citizens of heaven. God is our Father. We are His children and our eternity is going to be wonderful. The last misuse of social media we're gonna talk about is avoiding problems. And this is another area that can trip people up. Uh, it can be a means to escape the problems of your life. You can constantly be on the, in the comments sections. You can be on posts and news feeds, looking at pictures or cartoons, watching uh, videos, uh, just to forget about what you have to deal with. Paul addressed a problem between Euodia and Syntyche, two women in the church at Philippi, and he used the problem to teach the Philippians about how to deal with troubles in general. We're going to turn to Philippians chapter 4, verses 2 through 9. Paul writes, I urge Euodia and I urge Syntyche to think the same way in the Lord. Indeed, I ask you also, genuine companion, Help these women who have contended together alongside of me in the gospel, with also Clement and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your considerate spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is dignified, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if anything is worthy of praise, consider these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Some of the things Paul encouraged to help them with their problems uh, was to rejoice at all times, to respond in gentleness, to pray, um, to guard their thoughts. Um, Hiding from our problems isn't pleasing to God. Choosing not to face them and ignoring them, that's not what God wants from us. And the thing is, it's, it's not going to fix the problems either. Our problems are still going to be there. So rejoice in the Lord at all times. Address your problems. Work through them. But don't ignore them by hiding on social media, by wasting your time, by just watching videos to fill a void because you want to escape from reality. I hope your outlook on social media has changed a little bit especially as we've looked through this letter by Paul to the Philippians, as he's encouraged them on how to react and respond to one another, how to live. Hopefully, you know, we've looked at positives and negatives to social media, and hopefully it your opinion and your outlook has changed a little bit. Maybe you've recognized something in your heart. Uh, maybe you were a little off. Maybe... Um, you are inv- you are involved in some of the negatives that we listed. Well first, we can use social media as a tool for positive things. Remember, we can pray, and we can pray specifically about people and needs. We can challenge people uh, to grow in their faith or to read their Bibles and things like that. And we can encourage other believers and those around us. So we can use this tool of social media uh, for, the, for good, for the positive. But let's look at this list one more time on the misuses of social media. So you can see here uh, seven different misuses of social media that we went over. Maybe it's bragging for you. Maybe you're not being humble but bragging about things on social media. Maybe you're wasting your time, spending way too much time instead of working on your spiritual growth or spending time with your family. Or maybe you're ranting. Maybe you're acting like someone you're not and you've grown with confidence and you want to rant and rave about opinions and different matters over the computer. Maybe you're relating shallowly to people and not developing deep relationships. Maybe you're pretending to be someone that you're not or pretending that your life is all perfect and put together. Maybe you're coveting what other people have their vacations, their money, their family. Or maybe you're just spending time avoiding your problems instead of addressing them. Just think about how you might be able to focus on one of these, what are at least one of these areas you can work on um, so that you can have a positive influence for Christ. Because we can have a positive influence for Christ through social media. So our biblical response to this current cultural issue of social media should be to be a godly influence and testimony through social media. We can be a godly influence and we should have a testimony, a godly testimony through our use of social media. The memory verse that is for this week that goes along with this lesson is Philippians chapter 3 verse 15. It says, Let us therefore as many as are perfect think this way. And if in anything you think differently, God will reveal that also to you. And when it says as many as are perfect, it's referring to the spiritually mature. Let us therefore, those that are spiritually mature, think this way. And if in anything you think differently, God will reveal that also to you. He will let you know. Well, thank you for joining me for this lesson on the social media tool. I really hope you were challenged and uh, you'll think about uh, what we talked about and uh, try to make some adjustments in your life. Well, a little sneak peek for next week, we're going to talk about God's plans for the earth. We're going to examine global warming and we're going to look Uh, take a look in the Bible and see what God has to say. And he does tell us his future plans for the earth, that he's both going to restore it and destroy it. So tune in next time as we uh, dive into our next study.